This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast with me Amit Barua your host for this episode. A survey of nearly 10000 people carried out for the status of policing in India report 2023 suggests a high level of support for certain forms of government surveillance but reveals a lack of public awareness regarding critical issues such as the Pegasus spying scandal. The report, prepared by the NGO Common Cause and Lokmiti CSPS, finds that three out of four people believe CCTVs can help monitor and reduce crime. The poor, Adivasis, Dalits and Muslims are found to be the least trusting of the police. Interestingly, 44% of those surveyed across 12 states and union territories believe that the police should not have the freedom to check people's phones without a warrant so what is the bigger picture from the survey why choose this team at this time how does surveillance impact dissent to discuss these issues i'm joined by vipul mudgal director of common cause welcome to the in focus podcast vipul thank you thank you very much amit thank you for having me so vipul you know tell us why have you commissioned such a report and why do you feel it's necessary to bring out the status of policing in india report annually amit uh, as you know common cause has been working on probity in public life and uh, issues of democracy and the rule of law so police reforms has been a consistent theme of common cause so uh, they were filing uh, petitions in the court they were also doing advocacy for a long time i mean since 1980 mind you uh, the, uh, the famous prakash singh versus union of india case which led to some landmark findings uh, landmark uh, orders from the supreme court of india you know was also uh, uh, filed by i mean common cause was a co-petitioner in that so we go back that long in police reforms so it, about 10 years back we decided to do a survey of things around policing and ask ourselves uh, why are we where we are you know and things like uh, preparing a set of baseline literature on policing in india on the citizen satisfaction with police citizens trust in police police uh, working conditions their adequacy their training their methods so surveillance became uh, you know a, a natural kind of Uh, exploration for us because quite a lot was going on and also mind you uh, there is surveillance all around i mean we are living in a surveillance society so we thought we'll explore surveillance from the point of view of policing and the rule of law and vipul uh, what would you say i mean i know you it's a, it's a pretty large sample uh, just under 10000 people uh, you know across uh, 12 states and union territories So, could you share some of the key findings uh, of uh, this survey uh, with our listeners? Yeah, you see, uh, first and foremost is that the people are not really aware of the issues of privacy involved. You know, Indian uh, Supreme Court is much more progressive than we like to believe. You know, it has discussed this threadbare, and uh, a constitutional bench, nothing less, nine judge bench. of the supreme court of india has decided that privacy is a fundamental right you know flowing out of the uh, fundamental rights of the constitution of india so uh, when you go to the people you actually realize that people are not too bothered people also believe 
that when it comes to uh, issues like national security or public order, it is all right to do surveillance. But uh, when you ask them questions like, you know, how about your bank account? How about somebody tracking all your transactions being made uh, by by you using your mobile phone or other devices? Then they actually uh, begin to understand what it means to actually uh, to sacrifice your privacy. And also, so from there, uh, you uh, you start asking people questions and you you ask them about the judgment after all it's a, it's a landmark judgment it's a seminal judgment after a long time putuswami uh, case in the supreme court of india and you realize that only 16% people have heard about it at all and then you ask people that there are uh, cctv tv cameras all around you we know billions of terabytes of data is being collected by millions of uh, uh, CCTV cameras uh, around us. So, who is installing these cameras? So, you 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 realize that government is three times more likely to install a CCTV camera in the areas of the poor people, in the slums and walled city areas, whereas the private people are three times more likely to uh, uh, to install CCTV cameras in their localities in their areas. You know, similarly, people also believe that uh, CCTV help in monitoring and reducing crimes. Now, in this study, very cleverly, I would say, uh, we have also juxtaposed findings of what people's perception is with what the official data is saying. So we studied official data between 2016 and 2024 years, and we found that there was no significant correlation between reduction in crime or the crime rate and the installation of CCTV cameras. And this is consistent with the findings of similar studies across the world. So it is quite questionable that CCTV actually reduce crime, uh, but 72% people in India believe that they actually help monitor and reduce crime. So similarly, uh, uh, police stations, you know, there's another very significant uh, uh, Supreme Court judgment which is called Paramveer Singh Judgment, Paramveer Singh versus uh, Union of India, in which the court mandated that all police stations in the country will have CCTV cameras. Now, what this does is it reverses the gaze. You know, until now, there were police who were allowed to do surveillance over citizens. Now it's the citizens' turn. They will look into the police stations where things like you know, violation of rights is happening, where people are being killed in custodial violence, where torture happens as a matter of routine, where a lot of deals are struck, you know. So uh, the Supreme Court has mandated that they will be at crucial areas, at entry, exit points and all interrogation rooms and everywhere else, they will be functioning CCTV cameras inside the police. So we wanted to find out how many uh, places there are and it was very difficult to find because the government is not very forthcoming on this. So we filed a large number of RTI applications across the country. Some results came from there. Some results came from, you know, indirect kind of uh, uh, RTIs filing with the, say, PW department, which whose job it is to install cameras in Delhi and things like that. You know, and then you see the differentially how the poor people and how the rich people react to the same set of things. 
So these are some of the findings. And of course, I mean, the very fact, as you said in the beginning, that a good number of people actually support uh, surveillance by the government, you know, they not, not only CCTV cameras, which is the most visible form of surveillance, but also drones. You are using drone cameras, cameras, uh, drones fitted with cameras over kind of areas without the knowledge of people and you are collecting information. You are using uh, facial recognition technology at, uh, at uh, uh, railway stations and airports and at public places without the knowledge of the people. So there has to be, uh, under the Constitution of India, legality of there should be some kind of basis for doing this, you know. So any intelligence you gather, there has to be a legal basis for that. And uh, that uh, does not exist in India. So there is, you can say that there is a legislative void there. So again, then you ask different sets of people, then you realize that the Adivasis and the Muslims tend to be less supportive of the surveillance by CCTV cameras, drones, or facial recognition technology compared to, uh, you know, middle-class people and uh, people belonging to upper crust of society and upper castes, etc. Similarly, there are things about, you know, private entities doing our surveillance, which is like a huge issue. You know, worldwide, I think people are, are, are waking up to the fact that we are being surveilled all the time, 24 hours, even when are, we are not connected with our devices, you know, with the, with, with CCTV, with the uh, uh, surveillance by the private uh, agencies. So these are these are things. So there are many, yeah, many findings yeah. around that. Vipul, I want to come to some, you know, you've given an overview of the major findings, but I'd like to ask you, and, you know, basically, what are the implications of some of the findings? So, for instance, the first one I want to put to you, uh, you your, your survey found that nearly two out of three respondents are scared to post their political or social opinions online for fear of legal action. So, what does this tell us about today's India? Yeah, I think uh, it is it is uh, uh, probably the chilling effect of things, you know, where uh, uh, people are are uh, seriously scared about sharing their political views. Uh, it goes with the, you know, uh, how kind of how easy it is to hack, how easy it is for governments to kind of get away uh, without being answerable to, uh, uh, you know all kinds of things by, by, by arresting people for, for, for no crime, etc. So uh, they, uh, I, I mean, I, it, it was surprising that such a large number of people said so. But at the same time, people are aware, you know, people are aware that they are being surveilled by political parties for uh, the purpose of winning elections. And at one place, they say about 62%, more than 60% people, 32% very strongly and 30% kind of less strongly, they feel that, yes, we agree that the political parties are snooping on us. You know, similarly, elected governments, there is nothing unusual about elected governments snooping on us. And it also involves the state governments, which are also, you know, doing some of these activities and, uh, uh, you know, taking people's mobile phones without their uh, consent, uh, you know, just, just for investigation of crime, etc. So I think at the end of the day, it is the chilling effect of whatever is going on around us that people are cautious about uh, 
sharing their political views openly online. And interestingly, over half of the surveys strongly justify using CCTVs to control protests. So here there are some contradictions. But I want to come to another finding which I found quite interesting is that two of three respondents are concerned that data collected by private entities can be misused. So what were your broad findings on this score? Yeah, we actually, uh, we went by the general understanding. We did uh, a lot of studies before embarking on a survey of this kind because you you go to the people and you ask them straight away a question about private entities, global digital platforms or things like that. They, they are probably not even much aware about these things. And, and one example I must share with you, this was uh, uh, from a Washington Post story where a woman uh, uh, got aware in the United States that uh, she, she was victim of a uh, private party surveillance. So she uh, stopped her, completely switched off from Facebook. And uh, several years later, it was found that uh, she was still a victim of surveillance. She continued to be, they were like, you are never out of the orbit. So the story that we began with is that you can't, there is no way in which you can opt out of this. So this is one form of surveillance, which is like surround sound, which is going on all around you all the time. You know, so the uh, private parties are mostly, you know, these digital, uh, global digital platforms, which are not even answerable to uh, to the government of India. Forget about the institutions of India. I mean, very often institutions like the Election Commission of India would want to know from, say, Facebook or from YouTube that how much money is being poured in in the name of candidate A or candidate B or party A or party B. But they will not get because these because the nature of uh, their, these platforms being situated somewhere else, they are not answerable. So, you know, in, in, in that sense, you realize that there is a lack of accountability uh, within the government but much bigger lack of accountability in the uh, uh, you know private agencies which are doing surveillance. And Vipul, you know, with your experience working with Common Cause and the fact that you've been a journalist yourself for so many years, I mean, what is your sense uh, as a society? What can India do to check these private players? See, these private players is a is a global problem. You know, people probably. It will not be solved uh, at India's level. But at the same time, if there is an understanding, if there are more and more people believe that uh, these targeted ads are an infringement on their privacy or they are being kind of persuaded unfairly or uh, they are being pushed into a certain kind of consumerism, uh, you know, then perhaps uh, there will be a global kind of uh, civil society movement or global justice movement, or if they are anxious that the information that they are sharing online, you know, can be misused. So actually this we found in our survey also that uh, one out of two people, almost about 50%, 46 plus, they uh, said that they agreed that yes, we know that we are getting targeted advertisements uh, on the basis of surveillance done on us. And around the same number of people also believe that the information uh, which they share uh, in, in a bona fide way, like uh, their bank information with their own bank, or if they are uploading their KYC uh, documents, that 
can very easily be uh, misused online. So the, the more the awareness, the better the chances of these uh, global platforms to uh, to behave. Otherwise, they are a law unto themselves. And and one of the worst things, uh, uh, Amit, I would like to say here is that very often it has been found that these global platforms have been compromising with their own stated principles and they are sharing data with the governments. And for what? For polarizing opinion, for winning elections, for creating dissension in the society. I mean, it's 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 very serious charge, you know, that they, they, can, they can go to any extent. So I think uh, there is, and, and there are studies available in this. I think there was a recent issue of foreign affairs uh, in which Fukuyama and others have written an article in which they have said, if you have to save democracy, you save our data from uh, the internet giants and you have some way. And fortunately, I think there are antitrust uh, moves and many other things which are going on globally. So perhaps, uh, I mean, that will come into play. Vipul, uh, you referred earlier, you know, about winning elections and, you know, the use uh, that political parties make of data. And I find one of the other findings uh, from your report is that uh, people are concerned by the presence of a large number of social media monitoring cells. Could you tell us a little more about what these cells are and what they actually do? I think all of them are not even known. But uh, as you know better than us, uh, you know, there are agencies like the National Intelligence Grid, which is called NatGrid. Then there is a centralized monitoring system called CMS. Then there is something called NETRA, Network uh, uh, Traffic Analysis. So there are many other, uh, uh, you know, ways and systems in which, uh, you know, surveillance is being done. Uh, you know, the technology which is being used now, facial recognition technology is becoming so sophisticated that you can use it from anywhere. So which means if you are using it through drones, uh, a very uh, high kind of pixel cameras, and you are taking pictures of people who are uh, taking part in protests or anti-government rallies or rallies to protest against policies of the government, then you can actually single out those people. And with the algorithms and things, you can actually single out those people and then connect it to their other behaviors. You know, and once they go to kind of, uh, they, they, they come in the, uh, you know, they, they, they are arrested for anything or whatever, then their fingerprints can be taken, their biometrics can be taken by the government under the new law. So all that can be done. Then there are big data analytics being done by multiple agencies all over the country, including state-level agencies. There are social media monitoring tools which are being used. You know, uh, uh, something as innocuous as an automated number plate recognition system. Now, that goes into the CCTNS system, which is being used by, uh, uh, you, you know, all the thanas across the country. And then you have the biometric identification and the FRT. You, you get the, uh, you know, hang of it, you know, that this is like, a complete 100% surveillance of people. And then you come to uh, things like your likely behavior, your, uh, uh, you know, your, would you kind of, uh, if, if you color tag uh, the entire population, are you in the green zone that you're more likely 
to support the ruling party or if you are in the red zone you will not never support or you are in the yellow yellow zone that you are a fence sitter you know you can do hazar uh, uh, things and we all know from the example of cambridge analytica you know which uh, which was like road robbery i mean compared to today's sophistication 70 million facebook users you know th- their data was compromised and for what for for micro targeting Uh, in us election so this was done probably more than 10 years ago i mean today you compare it with pegasus you know it 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 sounds crude but again i mean it was used for winning elections and it was a, a very sophisticated and very effective method of doing so well, well vipul as you say uh, the india getting more and more sophisticated and as uh... Uh, india goes for a series of uh, key assembly elections and general elections next year obviously everybody is going to be watching what kind of tools are used by political parties to further at the end and uh, before i let you go i mean you you painted a rather bleak picture or you painted the picture there is so is there anything that an individual can do to safeguard uh, herself or himself against this all pervasive surveillance i think there are uh, certain things one is the awareness definitely see what we did we realized that the uh, people uh, 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 common people were not really very forthcoming about uh, uh, surveillance or about the right of the government to be surveilled so uh, we we go back to the constitution first and foremost as we named all these agencies natgrid and netra and this and that is there a supervision of these agencies what is the oversight is there a mechanism in which they are answerable to the people of india so people of india uh, probably you can do it through parliament so if there is a parliamentary oversight of all intelligence agencies the main intelligence agencies and then Uh, of these new intelligence agencies and methods which are being uh, uh, you know hoisted upon us so uh, that is one the other is uh, uh, basic methods of accountability you know whatever is being done so as they say when the water level goes up in the pond everything which is floating uh, whether it is a doll or a or a toy or a or a, or a boat or a, or a duck everything goes up so if if our level of accountability and transparency in governance goes up then everything will go up i think uh, there is uh, you can't actually uh, you know skirt this issue that ultimately it is an issue of oversight of accountability you know of privacy of the individual which uh, the constitution Uh, uh you know uh, which constitution guarantees and which has now become a fundamental right of the people and lastly i would say that if there is infrastructure for these things uh, for god's sake there should be kind of proper capacity of these people so you know if the right people are doing the right thing with the right training then perhaps a lot can be sorted out you know with a little bit of transparency and accountability but imagine a situation amit where the inaccuracies of the system and the discriminations which are inbuilt in the heads of people in a in a country where caste and community uh, uh, prejudices are so rampant you know so when that kind of inaccuracies and discriminatory kind of data is fed into technology and algorithms 
that leads to kind of massive biased results, you know, and that you find when it comes to denotified tribes and collecting information about them. It's like extremely skewed kind of information that you are actually, uh, you know, you are infecting the algorithms and computers with your prejudices. So if you don't have the right kind of infrastructure, right kind of training and capacity and mechanism of accountability, then this will be extremely dangerous, not just for democracy, but for all civilized life. Well, uh, Vipul, you've you've really told us uh, how it is. So thank you very much for that. And I do hope uh, the InFocus podcast can return to you from time to time for updates on, on this issue of surveillance and policing which seems to uh, dominate, uh, you know, and have so much interest uh, in India. Thank you very much for talking to the Hindus in Focus podcast. Thank you, Amit. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.